You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Coming to you from the Detroit Sound Studios above Active 8 Gaming, it's The Undercard. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. Welcome to the Undercard. It is officially episode 228. This episode is sponsored by the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves. It's happening this week in Burt's Warehouse, Eastern Market, 7 p.m. on Friday, 1 p.m. on Saturday, Sunday at 1 p.m. Uh, advanced tickets are $10 at the door. They're $15 and help support amateur boxing. It's a great tournament anyways. One of our guests here has fought in the tournament, and we'll be introducing him in a few seconds. Uh, Jimmy, really quickly, though, yes. we turn four years next week. Uh, we do. It's my mic. It's a presidential term. They're oh, just okay. very I low, just, though. All right. I just, I couldn't. Yeah, that's fine. Um, four yeah. Four years. Presidential term. You're, you're out of your toddling stage. That's right. It, it's weird because, like, it the, that means that I've known you guys for just just over four years, and it seems like so much longer. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when I yeah. age and I look horrible after four years. You'd be like, I've known you a long time. You About four and going. a half. Four and a half. Well, because yeah. I, I got back from Afghanistan in August of 2012, so like September-ish of 2012 is when I met uh, Brad and – and uh, and, and surely, yeah, yeah surely I, thereafter, yeah. Probably January or February. Somewhere around there, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow, crazy. I know. I haven't figured out what we're doing next week, but it's going to be crazy. We need Don't to, know. like, try to get every guest we've ever had on the show nope. to come back. No. Nope. <laughs> no way. That's too much. Yeah. She's producing. Nope. Uh, every ring girl. No. <laughs> nope. We every do guest. We got to do something pretty big. Yeah. Uh, I think Rochelle should make her five. Pound lasagna Ooh, thing. maybe. No, I'm just kidding. Hit I'm when? just kidding. Yeah, I'm just kidding. To I'm it. totally kidding. Um, oh, one. And then uh, never get this way. we're going to start a new segment. One, two, two, three, three. At the beginning of every four, show. Five, six, seven, eight. And we're calling it The Weatherman. Yes. Did and you finish watching it? I did not the, finish watching it. The Weatherman? No, but the segment's just called Weatherman for one reason, one reason only. Uh, last week, I had McGregor. Versus Mayweather at a 90% chance of happening. <laughs> Today, I would say 70% chance. 70? It's gone down a little bit. Yeah. Goes, now, why? now why? Not a lot of talk about it. So there oh. must be something behind the scenes happening. So I would say 70%. See, chance. I would say that it goes up because without all the hype uh, hitting it, whatever, it means there's stuff going on in the back doors, which is what's going to make it happen. Seventy percent change. Seventy percent. Okay, and you start. You said ninety. Last, started last night, week ninety. Uh, okay, yep. I put it at eighty-five then. Okay, I put it at eighty-five then. Nice. Uh, really quickly, let's recap. Uh, there was fights in Dearborn. Uh, yes. How was those? How were they? By the way, uh, the Tyner Flores uh, main event was awesome. Okay. Um, Leonardo Tyner fought eight rounds. He admitted that he needed work. 
not only did he admit that he needed work, uh, he got it. Um, so on the sixth, sixth round, actually, Tyner was knocked down by Flores. I mean, mm. You don't see Tyner go down um, that often. And what happened was Flores kind of ran for the first two rounds. Tyner, when he did catch up to him, he was landing, I mean, just huge power shots. Mm-hmm. And then Flores stopped and slowed down. And I'm talking no jabs, all power shots where they're just both just tagging each other toe to toe. And like I said, Flores uh, caught him in the sixth, but uh, Tyner won unanimous decision. That fight was exciting. I'm trying to think last time there's been a fight that exciting around here. And uh, good for Leonardo Tyner. Big win. Um, I love I love the venue, the yeah. Dearborn venue. Yeah, the uh, the dome room. Yeah, yeah. And I think fans do too because it's uh free parking, <laughs> different location. <laughs> I'm being honest, man. It's yeah, like I I think that it it's I don't know. There's just something about it that seems so easy because we 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 do a lot of complicated places. Mm-hmm. That place has um easy in easy out. It it really is. Yeah, it really is. I know. I designed it. Oh, you designed it. Kind of. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm oh, no. legitimately. No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I know. I was I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. You had told us this before. Yeah. Because this is, we've done this event. Um, Last week you told us. Yeah. When we were talking some about of, it. <laughs> some of the other uh, highlights was uh, Alicia uh, Baumgartner fought. She got another win. She's 2-0 and with two knockouts. Uh, Taylor Dewar had a big knockout. Um Trying to think of some of the other fights. Uh, Ernesto Garza won. Um, a lot of A A list talent that made quick work of their the B side. Uh, like I said, the main event really saved the card. Though I thought it was a really good main event. And so, Leonardo Tyner, uh, congratulations, buddy! So big win. And then you know the Flores guy came from Colombia. I believe it was Colombia, mm-hmm. and uh, had a good record. Not only did he have a good record, the people he lost to were like 18-0, 17-0, like, something like that. Like mm-hmm. He had good. But he had some trouble when he came to the States. But he came and he, he brought it nonstop. And, uh, what do you mean he had trouble when he came to the States? Like those were his losses. Oh, okay. I got you. But okay. he, he gave Tyner a lot. And uh, you know I give Tyner credit that he's been on social media since then saying that you know, this was work he needed. The Flores, I remember at the end of the fight, he even said, give Flores a huge um, round of applause. So it was a good main event. So Good. All right. So we're going to bring in our first guest talking about um, stacked A-level talent here. Uh, <laughs> I'm being honest. No, I'm Wait. laughing at Rochelle. Uh, <laughs> she dropped her pen and she just, I can't get rid of uh, we're going to bring in Winford Hot Boy Harris Jr. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? All right. Uh, if you're not familiar with Winford Harris, currently he is 10-0 and 0, uh, with six knockouts. He's been in 10 bouts, 27 rounds already, uh, fighting in the super welterweight uh, division. And he might have a fight, it sounds like you do, on Thursday in Tennessee yep. to go 11-0. Uh, you've been fighting a little bit out of town. We're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but... Uh, I want you to introduce yourself to people. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about Winford Harris. Uh, you know, uh, it's really whatever you want to know. Uh, I'm pretty much everything you want to see. Uh, I'm uh, from Detroit. Uh, went for High Boy Harris, a real High Boy. Uh, 
You know, uh, I got I got skills. You know, other guys they just be in there fighting. But you know, I I set you up. You don't even know it. You know what I'm saying you think you're doing something. I'm just because I'm making you do it, and then you on your back looking at the ceiling. <laughs> facts, all facts. Awesome. Uh. And we were talking uh, before the show and stuff. And how you know, Hot Boy? We're not familiar with the term too much. <laughs> but you were telling us Explain how you kind of get our the fans. yeah. You got how do you get the nickname? Oh, uh, you know, Hot Boy. You know, it's just you out there. You know, people. Some people they don't know. It's like hot. You know, some hot is mean like the police on it. You know, they they want you. They want you. They they used to want me. You know, I, I used to be in a lot of hot situations, doing a lot of hot things. So, you know, I'm, I'm the hot boy. That's what we do, man. So. I'm just laughing because Jimmy moved his keys away from you. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah. Well, I know. I noticed the key. I noticed the keys there, and I didn't want it to accidentally get. You know, I like can put his elbow down or whatever. Too right late now. Keys. The damage is done. I know. Man. I trust him. No, he's I cool now. He's, he's a cool boy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um. No, I I love your style. I love uh, I love watching you fight and everything like that. And um, as you know, you you got a unique style. You're very quick. Yeah, yeah. very quick. Yeah, I try that. You know, uh, behind it. So l- let's talk a little bit about your amateur background. We were talking Metro Detroit Golden Gloves. It's happened and stuff. But you were an amateur. You you estimated from like 2012 to 2014. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about your amateur career. Oh man, I I had a big one. I, I had about. I had about almost 90 fights, and I probably lost about uh, 12 of them. When did you start fighting? Uh, when I was 14. I'm 21 now. so I, I was going to say, I, I was looking at your, first of all, looking at your birth date. I graduated high school in June of the same year that you were born. <laughs> Likewise. That makes me feel old. Feel old, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I was going to say 90 fights as an amateur. I mean, how, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I was working. Uh, for, from to be fourteen though, so my coach man, he yeah, he had us fighting like every weekend, man. I I couldn't even go do nothing. That's why I, that's why I wasn't getting in no more trouble. He, <laughs> he kept me too busy. You know what I'm saying? I'm too tired after I get from the gym. <laughs> right? Weekend come, we gotta go fight. <laughs> so, yeah, we we stay fighting on the road, uh, everywhere. I'm just doing it all, getting wins, rack, racking them up. So tell us a little bit about uh, where were you training back then when you turned fourteen? Oh, yeah. Uh. You remember your first day at a box, boxing gym? Oh yeah, walk right into Crump. Uh, my uncle Keith, he was up there at the desk. Uh, he let me come in there. I ain't never had to pay nothing or nothing, so I just, I just came in there, did my thing. He worked with me for a little minute, and then uh, I was, I was back and forth. Then I, I was getting in so much trouble. Then my mama moved me to Tennessee. I went to Tennessee. I was living down there in like this real small country town called Paris. Man, that was crazy, man. Like the nearest gas station was like two miles away. Like it wasn't nothing but trees and dirt. Like, <laughs> like yo, I was sick of that. So I, I couldn't even stay down there that long. I, I came back and after like three months, came back to Crunk and got better. You know, I was in the gym down there, but them guys ain't know nothing. So I was just, was, I was just training, but I wasn't really doing nothing for real. I didn't have no fights. But I went, came back up here and I got right back in the gym. You know, got back to doing what I'm supposed to do. And then uh, the transition to pro, what uh, you've been pro now, let's see, uh, since last year. Um, tell us a little bit about um, the decision to go pro. Man, I've been waiting to go pro since I started. 
Cause I've seen everybody else, and I'm just looking like I could do that. And then I, it, when I was in, when I was an amateur, I was boxing pros, and I was doing them dirty. I was doing them dirty. I've been in with everybody. I'm like I was doing them pros dirty. So uh, I just I just couldn't wait. Cause I'm like, man, I gotta get. I'm trying to be like have millions and like everybody else. Uh, You're staying busy. You have you've had ten fights. Oh in yeah, here. yeah. I'm I'm on it. I'm not playing. I, I know where I'm, I know what I need to do. And I'm trying to go get it. And a lot of credit goes to KP Boxing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Tell tell us how that relationship developed. I, I know they're moving you around, and Craig Lewis has a fight coming up too, um, pretty soon. I, I know that they they got you guys um, out of state, in state, uh, moving you quickly. Tell us uh, how you met KP Boxing and uh, your relationship with them. Uh, I met them through Carlos. You know, I got by my first five, six, six uh, fights uh, due to Carlos. He uh he introduced me to uh, KP. Uh, I sat down with them, talked talked up some things, and uh uh had to get something right. Uh, it took took a little minute, took a couple months, came back. You know everything was where it should have been. So uh we got together, and then they they just started moving me out the gate. Like like we signed the papers. Boom! I had a fight next couple weeks. Then another fight lined up next for the next uh couple weeks after that. Uh, and I've just been fighting like every every month since I've been with them. Um, now, now I want an, an honest answer from you. Yeah, I know he's your uh, he's your uh, teammate here, Craig Lewis. But uh, the Demetrius Banks, I, I knew know you were at the fight because I talked to you and talked to KP. Yeah, uh, Demetrius Banks versus Craig Lewis. It was a controversial decision to some. Who yeah. did you have winning it? Honestly, honestly, I I thought like i was thinking craig was winning certain rounds in the beginning but like which he did but uh it's a difference between amateur boxing and professional boxing so at the end like at the end of the day i couldn't be mad at them for giving it to to banks i'm like yeah well yeah he did win then you know if like if and if it was amateurs craig would have won hands down he would have won hands down if it was amateurs because craig was just like you know, he was touching them a lot. He was getting all them points, but it's like, it's the pros. This the hurt game. They don't care about you just pity patting a dude. Like you pity pat a dude all you want to. If somebody hits you with a bomb, then then they winning. Period. I don't. You done hit me with ten pity pat punches, and I done hit you with one bomb, and I'm winning. Like so, that's just that's just the pros. If it was amateurs, he would have won. But it's this the pros. So you can't even be mad. You can't even be mad at that. Yeah. See, Honestly. thanks for the honest answer. Yeah. I had Banks winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. it was close, I, mean, I think, but, um, yeah, Banks aggression. Yeah. I mean, I just, it's, it's so tough to score. Yeah, like he was owning, he was owning the ring. He had the general, ring generalship. He making Craig move and do all that. He, Craig wasn't making Banks do nothing. You know, he, I mean, he was running into a couple of punches, but then he come, he, Banks hit him back. So it's like, you know, uh, I had to go Banks. Couldn't be mad. Now here's your next hard question. You answered that one on us, so uh, we gotta give you another one. Uh, who in Detroit do you want to fight? Do I want to fight? Yeah, because I, I I think this is a future of the sport. I think you're gonna see more cities people crossing over because uh, the the expense of the the money that promoters pay yeah. to have people come in, quality opponents and stuff like that. I, I gave Banks and Lewis a lot of credit for making that fight happen. Not only was I happy that fight happened. 
Uh, if, if Craig Lewis wins that, he, he beats a really quality opponent in Banks. And then for Banks, I mean, this opens a lot of possibilities now. I mean, are you cruiserweight? You heavyweight? What are you? And uh, he'll probably move down and stuff. But is there anybody out there that uh, you just got a little beef with that uh, maybe one day you guys settle in the ring? Uh, nah, honestly, not in the city. Not in the city. They, they, they behind me in the city. I don't. I mean, I'm cool with everybody in the city, you know. What about Kentucky? Because you're you're there pretty <laughs> often. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, shoot, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't really. I don't really. It ain't really nobody that I really want to fight for real. Uh, I probably, honestly, I probably fight uh Anthony Flag. I fight him because he just because he beat me in amateurs. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he had a lot more fights than me when we fought though. He had like sixty fights. I had like ten fights. You know, he beat me. Uh. He beat me twice. Uh, uh that's probably the only person I, I want to fight. I stop him. Uh, but other than that, ain't nobody I really, I really, uh, want to fight. I want to fight, uh, with Antonio Way, like later on. Uh huh. Like, cause that, like, that's my dog. But like, that'd be a good ass. It's just to be a good, great fight. Like, we fought in amateurs too. Like, we, we won and won. Like, uh, it was the best. The best two fights you have, you would have ever seen in an amateur fight. Like it was some great, great fights for real. Yes. Well, you got some time to think about it. If you ever, if you find somebody, if you got beef, call us up with somebody. We'll, we'll set that <laughs> up, man. We'll be like, make this fight happen. Uh, so, what style did you like growing up? What what fighters caught your attention as you becoming a boxing fan in your early teens and stuff? Which fighters out there did you like to watch on TV, or or who do you like to try to emulate? Because when you're a kid in a boxing gym, yeah. you're always trying to act like somebody, just like a baseball <laughs> player, like taking left-handed swing. Like who who do you like? Uh, I like uh, my favorite. My favorite boxer was uh, Andre Ward. Okay, you know, so I like I like Andre Ward, but the the dude who I was always looking up to, like believe it or not, I was always looking at uh, Tony, like Harrison yep. all the time, like. That was my guy. Like I used to see him coming in the gym. Uh, he used to be he used to be working hard all the time. Like he he had come, he had get done running, come to the gym, then talk about going to run again after he just got done boxing. Like I used to love that. Like and then he was he was punishing everybody. Like that that was my guy for uh, for like when me when me growing up doing the boxing thing. But other than that, it was Andre Ward. But it was really Tony. You know, I was watching Tony. I tried to be doing everything he do. Uh, I'm stealing everything you do, you know. Uh, I steal stuff from everybody, but I steal a lot from him. He has an incredible work ethic, Harrison. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know, he, you're not gonna outwork him. <laughs> uh, that 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 much is true. Yeah. You know, he, I I know he's getting in the miles and stuff like that. Tell us, tell us uh, the lonely life of a boxer away from the limelight. What what's your day typically look like? When you get up, when you run, and when you training? Man, getting up real early. Uh, like six six o'clock in the morning, go get a run in. Uh, it's 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 nice though. Uh, it, you don't feel like getting up at first. But it's like God, gotta get up, gotta get up, get up, put your stuff on. You do breakfast before a run or after? No, I I don't eat till like later on in the day. Barely eat. So most of the time, I got like when it's close to five, I be eating once a day. You know, I don't even be really hungry for real because I I don't train my body to shrink my stomach so small because I can't eat. So I just I get up, get my run in, then I'll go to the go to the uh to the gym later after that. Then uh or I or I got my um I got my my uh conditioning coach. I mess with him uh probably like eleven eleven thirty. Then I gotta go to the gym probably about four or five o'clock. 
if not before that. Uh, then I come home, I'm tired. I just want to go to sleep, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a professional. It's your job. I know. I mean, everything about your like, it's my job. I'm a professional boxer, and you got to put the hours in and, and do that and stuff like that. What motivates you then? Because I mean, a boxer it has to have motivation. Uh, because it is a lonely sport. You're out there running sometimes by yourself, yeah. uh, training by yourself. Yeah. Like you said, uh, sometimes you don't want to get up. What, what gets you up in the morning? Uh, me. I just I don't want to be broke. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be a nobody. So I, I, t- I, t- I talk to myself the whole time. Like when I'm getting tired on the bag, I'll be like, man, you weak, man. You can't, you can't do that. You letting the bag stop you? No, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. We going to keep going. Uh huh. But I just be, I be talking to myself all the time. I be getting in my head. You know, I call myself names. You know what I'm saying? Make me mad. You know, no, I got it. I got you. You know, I'm talking to myself. You know, I'm my, I'm my biggest, uh, motivator. You know, I don't, I don't be playing no games. But it's a lonely life. You know, we got a lot of, uh, sacrificing to do. Sacrificing food is enough. That's enough. And women. The sex. (laughs) You know, we, we can't even, like, come on now. Like, it's kind of hard. It's hard because that's when they always want you too. Like, like, come on, man, I gotta fight, man. Why, why you, why you ain't like me two weeks ago? <laughs> why you like me now? Forbidden fruit. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, them legs be weak. It'll show. It'll show. Show up. And when you in there too, legs yep. get to shaking, get to dropping, and all that. Like, nah, I, ain't, I ain't about to let that happen to me, man. I'm good with that, man. I'm like, baby, you gonna have to wait just a couple more weeks. <laughs> so the downtime when you're tired, are you a movie fan? What, what, do, you, what do you do in those hours to? Because like you said, you're tired, you can't go out. Yeah, uh, it is your job. You're waking up again at six. So what, what, what do you do on downtime? What's your entertainment? I'm playing my game. I play Xbox. Okay. I got a uh, Grand Theft Auto. It be, it be going crazy on there. You know, everybody be talking. Got my own character. You know, we it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Or I like to go to the movies. Uh, I, I do everything by myself, though. I'm, like, a loner. I ain't got a lot of friends. If I want to go out to eat, I go out to eat by myself, like, and that's, like, all the time. Yeah, I go to the movies, I'm by myself, anything like that. You know, I'm just a loner. You know? What's the last movie you saw in the theater? In the theater? Yeah. Man, I, I don't even remember. I just went to the movies, but what did I see? <laughs> man? I don't even remember right now. I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna remember when it don't matter. But <laughs> I was just at the movies like two weeks ago. I can't even tell you what I just seen though. But I, I want to go see this Power Rangers. Yeah, okay. I heard a lot of people. Did you watch it growing up? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I heard a lot of a lot. I heard a lot of people that watch it growing up like loved it, but it's not for kids. It's definitely <laughs> it's definitely it's a movie made for the now adults that That's watched it, it when they were be. kids. That's yeah. That's what it needed to be. Yeah. I wanna uh no I did I went to see Logan. That's what the movie Oh, was okay. Logan, yeah. I seen Logan. Was it yeah. good? It was straight. It was straight. <laughs> yeah. Are you a comic book fan or yeah, like I those like kind of movies stuff. and yeah. stuff? I yeah. like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. I'm, I love Marvel. They got the new uh, new series, Iron Fist, on yeah. Netflix. I just I just finished watching Fin- it. I yeah. finished it like two days. I, yeah, well, I mean, I, I the weekend it came out, I binge watched. Cue the it. romance oh, yeah. music for yeah. these two. <laughs> but uh, all right, Marvel. Did man. you watch? Marvel. Did you watch all the other Marvel ones? Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Luke Cage, yep. all them. Yep. So you ready for the Defenders? Defenders. Uh, that's where they're going to take all four of them, put them together. Straight. At the end of the uh, at the end of the year, it'll come out on Netflix. Oh yeah, I got to see that. Yeah, man. 
I just see that. That'd be crazy. Yeah. You know, Jimmy eats alone sometimes too. You guys can go see Marvel movies together or something like that. I never eat alone because I never go out to eat. Oh, there you go. <laughs> if I'm eating alone, it's because I'm at home. So you said you were an Andre Ward guy really quick since you're giving honest answers. Did you have him beat Cole off? Yeah, man. Even I don't know. Off? I don't know what's wrong with people, man. He did. He did well enough to win, man. He 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 was dictating everything. He 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 was he was on him. He was on. He was on Kovalev. Kovalev was just sitting back. You know what I'm saying? Andre was pushing the whole fight. He got dropped. You know what I'm saying? But he got right back up and he won them last three or four rounds straight, like easy, easy. So I don't even know what people telling. No, man, he lost it. Like I don't know what y'all was looking at, man. But I, you want a rematch, huh? You want a rematch, right? As I mean, a Ward fan, I mean, yeah, I feel like he he ha- he should have to give him a rematch. He kind of lost me when he said all that. Oh, I'm about to retire. I'm like, real. So yeah. you gonna so you gonna get this controversial win, and you gonna talk about you about to retire? Now that now I can't even talk to you after that, bro. I don't even know why you said that. <laughs> Seemed like a little little bit of scaredness going on up here. I don't know why, but seems like he is avoiding Kovalov. Yeah, a bit. you know I couldn't respect that. Like I would just bring it on then. What you want to do? What you want? But you know he was everybody ain't like me. No, no, it, exactly. I mean, it it takes a different breed. To, a dog, a real dog. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to our first break. We're going to come back with uh, more Winford Harris here in one, uh, well, like five minutes possibly. Mm-hmm. So we'll see everybody in a few. You're listening to the Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Back episode 228 of the Undercard. Thanks for everybody checking us out. We're joined by our guest still, Winford Hotboy Harris from Detroit, Michigan. 10 and 0, looking to go 11 and 0 this week in Tennessee. Um, what other sports were you good at? I mean, no. you're, you're athletic. I've seen you. So like, <laughs> what else have you dabbled in, played, and what were you good at? I mean, I wasn't good at nothing. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I played yeah. basketball. Except, I was going to say, except for boxing, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I played basketball. Like, I was on a team, but they ain't passed me the ball. <laughs> and then, like, and then like in gym, when everybody, like, we had a free day to play basketball, you know, everybody grabbed the ball. I wouldn't get picked up on the team, so I'd be on the side doing push-ups and sit-ups the whole hour. What? I swear. I swear. I, like, it wasn't. It just wasn't for me. I can't catch. Uh, so I couldn't play uh, football. Yeah. About like track or something, try that. No, I ain't try no. that. I I, I could have played football though, but yeah. I think it just wasn't meant for me because I was gonna be a uh, linebacker. Uh, I was doing all the training. I went through every practice, and it was probably like a couple weeks before the first game. Uh, I got in trouble at school. It, we only had like like three three more days of school or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, I got suspended. But they was like. I'm like, we might as well suspend you for the rest of the year. And I went I went back home, and I'm like, Ma, you know, we might as well not even go back to school since there's only a couple more days, grades already done. She was like, all right. And then when she went up there to get the report cards, the lady told on me, told her that <laughs> that what happened. And so so I, uh, she told me I couldn't play football no more. Oh. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it was really because of that or she couldn't afford the gear. I don't know, but that probably was. But she, she snitched on me, and then she told me I couldn't play football no more. <laughs> but see, the path that you love boxing, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you have passion for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It had to go this way. 
you like the sport when you're training in, in the gym and you're sparring people? I mean, does it does it feel fun or does it feel like and a it's job? The fun, I, it's the funnest for me. Like, even if you just in there watching me spar, like, you going to have so much fun because I – I run my mouth so much, like I get them so mad. Like I'm a cool dude. I'm 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 like mellow. I don't talk, but when I'm in the ring, I got the biggest mouth. Like I'm trash talking all day. I'm in there. Shut up. Boop. All right, here here it come. Watch this. Watch this. Boop boop. And they be getting hit with it too. I'm like, look, I'm about to do that. I tell them what I'm throwing. They just get hit with. It. They can't get out the way. So they everybody be in there mad. They be trying to come at me. I be like, no, nah, you stupid. Look, stupid. You know, it's it's so fun. You know, it's funny. <laughs> now, uh, if we'd be sparring, me and you, you you'd be saying you you Bob Dylan loving, like, you'd be like hit me, and you'd be like, so, uh, for we were off break, and some of the funniest moments on our show happen on the break, which is unfortunate. But you know, he, he made a connection with Jimmy about Marvel, mm-hmm. and then he and then he he said. <laughs> He said, you know, some uh, rap stars that we should know. So we're listening to some music. And then out of the blue, he, he tells Rochelle, do you listen to Ed Sheeran? Which Rochelle's big thing, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> so everything's working around the room. And then he goes, what do you think about Bob Dylan? I'm like, I love Bob Dylan. And I'm thinking he like, I'm like, Winford loves Bob Dylan. And he's like, no, I, I don't know Bob Dylan. <laughs> so I'm convinced he was on our Facebook profile just looking at our likes, trying to make friends. But... So that's how you trash talk me. You'd be like, "Oh, Bob Dylan's in the ring again." Here comes Bob Dylan. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna burn you a CD of Bob Dylan stuff. You'll like it. Bob Dylan. Help you relax at night. A little, little soul music. No. What is that? Some rock and roll? No. No, it's folk music and acoustic. Yeah. And we're going, and we're gonna sing about all the things. Yeah. I'm Bob Dylan. Yeah, like it's kind of weird. Bob Dylan. Talks like he's punch drunk from a long career of boxing, but yeah. he hasn't. Because yeah. like he, as as it went it's on, from all under, the drugs. Yeah, at the end you can't understand him anymore. Right? <laughs> it's almost funny. Well, well, I mean, look at Ozzy Osbourne. Oh yeah, you can't understand a word that man says as soon as he hits the stage. Boom! He sings. You can understand <laughs> him. And as soon as he walks out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, like all about. <laughs> you know, I mean, exactly. It's exactly what it is. You know, it's it's like they they have this like little little time gaps where they can like be understandable, but they have to save it for when they're on stage. They can't use it in everyday life. <laughs> so you're huge into music, obviously. Yeah. Um, Love you know, you know, Tony Harrison once rapped on our show. Did, did. did you? Yeah. yeah. Like, he, uh, like third that was episode. episode yeah, yeah. Like episode two or three. Ago. Yeah. Uh, three. Do you, three, do you have yeah. any ambitions to get into music yeah. as it's I, going on? I used to rap. I used to rap. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. You got any albums out? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, when I was about 14, 15, so I used to rap. Like, I used to be crazy. You know, they, they, I, I went to school one day and I, I let my counselor see my rap book and he I came back for it like a couple hours later after after class and he acted like he lost it and I never got it back. What? Oh I never got it back. Mm. So I You ever Google the lyrics and see if he's big somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he has like seven albums out off your notebook. Man, he stole it, man. So I couldn't I stopped I stopped writing and then I was just like, forget it, I'm just on box. But I I used to rap, you know, I had I had a couple of things. I used to be in the studio. Don't let that counselor crush your dreams. That's right. Yeah. That was you can do both. years ago. So what? You can do both. You can do both. Broner yeah. did both, didn't he? 
There's people out there doing both. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm going to come out with something soon. I'm going to go ahead and drop something for y'all probably in the summer. Let me go ahead. Yeah, we need a new intro song. No, we do Marv Left. So yeah. if you want to do an intro song, you, you can definitely rap us an intro song. Yeah, you know, I, I, got, I got some bars, though. I got some bars for you. You want to hear a little song? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right, all right. Let me, let me think. Let me hear. I'm going to start off by saying that I'm the truth. Soon I'm gonna blow up like these pictures do. I mean, I stay up in that water like these fishes do. And other dudes can't see me like peekaboo. Send the fruit come in, you know I'm peeling. Hungry. Hunting around banana clips the color of a monkey. My girl said that she love me, but I have no feelings and my flow stay ruthless like a house with no ceiling. Reppin' 753 and got some 501 Levi's. When the truth's on my thighs, I don't tell no lies. She's staring at my dimples and I think she wanna nibble. I pulled up to the lot, my music bumping like a pimple. The stuff I do ain't simple. I boil without a dribble and spot pack with bloods cause ain't nobody in there cripple. I went for Burger King, got cheese with that. And girls be asking for money, but no cheese for rats. <laughs> wow. Nice. That's yours too? I wrote down I was like 14. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was a dog. I'm telling you. I was, I was a dog. I used to nice. let it go. Nice. That's man. all I did. I couldn't stop. I would definitely you, Google the lyrics and see if somebody was, did. And then, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, and get in touch with Tony. You guys should uh, drop an album together. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to come drop something for y'all soon. Watch. And this we summer, do. that's mid. I'm, I'm on it. I'm there on you it. go. Just because of y'all. Y'all motivated me. <laughs> nice. I'm going to drop a, a mixtape. There that's you what go. We do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice because I I look at it, like every athlete wants to be a rock star or a rap artist, yeah. and then every rap artist in rock star want to be an athlete. Like yeah. they they're across, but we, if you're both, man, you are like a god. Like seriously, yeah. you know. See, I always wanted to, I wanted to be the first because ain't nobody in boxing singing before. I just wanted to see a singing boxer. So I was, <laughs> you know, I thought I could be able to sing one day, but it just ain't work out like that. You know? Yeah, sing or rap. Sing. <gasps> you never seen a singing boxer, have no. you? No. Nah. No, you know but I'm saying? all for it. I think that'd be a beautiful Get thing. you up there and sing the national anthem. Come on, not all of that. Right. You're already in the ring, ready. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> Are you pretty relaxed before a fight? Oh, all the way. Yeah. I ain't worried about nothing, man. I'm just in there listening to my music. You know, wait until I get out there. If anything, I'm more anxious, but I'm not I don't even be that anymore. I just be chilling to the fullest. Ready for the action. See, we can make you a mixtape that you can listen to as you're walking out to relax you. Some Bob Dylan. Oh, you're going to go there again. Uh, Apparently, Adrian Broner had a song. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, I didn't hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, about billions coming. Okay. Also, Oscar De La Hoya. I can tell you right now, you're already better than AB. Adrian Broner. Yeah. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather's got a song called Yep. Oh, uh, Manny Pacquiao, Sometimes When We Touch. Okay, first off, Manny Pacquiao <laughs> oh, God. is a is horrible singer. Yeah. So. <laughs> but he loves he the karaoke. He came out to it. Isn't that the one he came out no, to? No, no. He, he, he would sing on Jimmy Kimmel's show all the time. It was like a time. slow yeah. dance song. Before fights and everything like that. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, we need, we need a new intro song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could tell you a little bit about the show. You can make it whatever you want and... It'll be our intro. I appreciate that. <laughs> there you go. That'd be yeah. great, dude. Man, you gotta you gotta play it though. Don't oh, play it, it. oh, it plays yeah. before play every show. Every, before every episode. No, you gotta play my my intro. That's what we're saying. Yeah. You make an intro and we'll play it before every episode. All right, all right, I got y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Give us a PG PG. I'll just say, yeah, version. I just can't can't have... You can make us an R version we'll play during the show, but yeah. the intro should be PG ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I got you. 
Yeah. My gosh, we don't want to scare away every sponsor in the first minute, but, you know. <laughs> that's that's, the that's pretty good, though, 14, man. And so your your lyric book was stolen. I mean, so school wasn't your thing, it sounds like. Uh, Not really. No. When when people found out in school you were boxing and stuff, did they uh, the the typical want to challenge you kind of thing? <laughs> you know, they just wanted to, they wanted to play with me. You know, uh, I could take you this this and that. You know, and I'm just like, oh, boy, let's 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 go, let's go thirty seconds, let's let's go in the bathroom. I'd be like, I don't know how to play. I'm gonna hurt you. I don't know how to play. You want to play? And I'm serious with this thing. You can't. This ain't nothing you play with. I'm gonna knock you out. You know, and they they had to chill out at me. I had to respect that because I I ain't know how to play. You know, uh, talk about some of your family influences. Was there people close in your life that uh, helped you along? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, my mama for sure. Uh, like if it wasn't for her in the beginning, I probably wouldn't even got there. She used to give me that little bus fare. I used to hop on the bus and get to the gym. Sometimes she drive me off. Uh. You know, she's she come to all my fights now. Uh, back then, I used to have what my uncle, everybody, uh, my coach, everybody. You know, they they supported me for sure. Even his family, you know, they always there. I I sell out. I sell it out. Everybody want to come see High Boy. Now, is your mom? Typically, we've had some people in here that say it's difficult for parents to watch. Is you, uh, she don't even look at me. She no. she come in, she come, she gonna come. But this what she gonna do. She gonna either turn her head, put it down, somebody gonna have to rub on her, you know, so, or she walking out. Like yeah. I don't I don't even get hit. Yeah. I don't even get hit. But know? still you're her baby. If if it's my kid up there, I I couldn't watch it. I have a hard time watching my kid pitch. Oh. Because I'm a, you know, you know that that's on him. And so you're in the moment. You're relaxed. It's the people that, like I, like she's saying, like my son plays sports now, and it, it's much difficult watching when when I played. No, you know, it's it's much more difficult. You know, they got all the stress. They got all the worry. You're relaxing and you're singing <laughs> yeah. in your head in there, and they're worried like crazy. I don't know. They just they just worry about your safety, you know, and all that stuff. I like I like at least let me get hit first before you start doing all the <laughs> ooh and the ow and like. I, I ain't, ain't even nothing going on right now. You might as well be just watching, having a good time, you know. But she she don't watch nothing of it though. She don't watch. But at it. least she comes. Yeah, she comes. She there all the time though. She there all the time. She don't want to see me though. It's cool. Well, who do you want to give a shout out to? Who 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 do you want to thank out there? And we appreciate you joining us for our, our first half of the show. Yeah, absolutely fantastic having you in here. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to uh for sure shout out KB. KP for show productions. My man's uh Carlos, uh Ray Jackson, Ali Akeem, my coach, uh my whole team, my mama, uh, all the supporters out there. You know they be they be with me. Uh, that's pretty much it. If I forgot anybody else, but that's my team, my main my main people. Well, thank you so much for joining us, man. We had, we had a blast having you in here. Um. And then let us know if the fight does happen in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, message me right away. Yeah. And give her the results so we can tell it uh, next week and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, somewhere from a from a, a first to a second round knockout. All right. Yeah, that's how it's gonna go. <laughs> and then you can go straight, you know, yeah. to pinning our to uh, song. Straight to the sex. Sex. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then pin our song. Just get yeah, out of the ring first. That, <laughs> <laughs> then 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 pin our song. Yeah. So. 
Thank you so much. We're going to go to a quick song really break. Uh, say goodbye to Winford Harris. Yeah. Uh, thanks, uh, KP Boxing, for setting up the interview. And we'll talk to everybody in a minute. Welcome back to the Undercard, episode 228. We just had Winford Harris on the show. It was a, actually a really good interview. And uh, later on in a few minutes, we have Eric Hall. He's going to be about the 8.15 mark. He's a pro boxer who's, who's been in the game for a long time. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then later at 8.40, uh, our last interview of the day is going to be Cortez Todd. He fights Friday night. Once again, cannot plug it enough. Metro Detroit Golden Gloves. Uh, events happening at Burt's Warehouse, Eastern Market, 7 o'clock uh, bell time on Friday. Advance tickets, $10. And then you can get in for 15 at the door. Support amateur boxing. Um, all these guys that we have on the show. I mean, we do national stuff too, but uh, a lot of the guys from Detroit, they've all come through the program, um, the <coughs> nonprofit. And so come out, see future stars. Marcus Carter just won. Last Saturday, he's 5-0 and now. He was our national champ mm-hmm. from our open team. So come out. See the ring girls, too. The ring girls will be there. If that's Lots the only, of them. Lots of them because it's long days, long <sighs> days. So everybody's talking about the Conor McGregor. Uh, Mayweather. Mayweather fight. And something happened, though, which was really, really cool because, uh, you know, boxing purists say that there's no way that Conor oh, McGregor yeah, yeah, yeah. can beat Floyd Mayweather. And – that's typically, I, I think Floyd Mayweather would figure him out in two rounds and would win by decision. So uh, TJ Dillashaw, mm-hmm. who is uh, ranked number three pound for pound, uh, went against Lomachenko. Lomachenko is, uh, he's in my top 10 pound for pound uh, list. Uh, next week we'll reveal my April list, but he'll be in there. Uh, so they they sparred, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool. This was covered uh, by Brett Okamoto from ESPN Staff Writer. And they sparred in California, and in, uh, his article really quickly was, while a proposed boxing match between Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor would certainly promise a lucrative show, opinions differ on whether it would produce anything that actually resembles a compelling fight. As the combat sports world speculates over the matchup, a different chapter in boxing versus MMA took place recently off the California coastline. Junior lightweight world title holder and two-time Olympic gold medalist Lamachinko, who's 7-1 and one with five KOs, and former UFC bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw, who is 14-3, sparred for four four-minute rounds last week inside World's Boxing Gymnasium. It was a marquee matchup, to say the least. ESPN.com currently ranks Lamachinko and Dillashaw the number three pound-for-pound fighters in their retrospective uh, ret- yeah, sorry, respective sports. <laughs> the sparring session was not for... The shake of show or money. It happens because both athletes felt it would be fun and for Dillashaw uh, beneficial. I need to learn what's up, said Dillashaw, before stepping into the ring. I'm always trying to expand my knowledge as a mixed martial artist. I'm such a big fan. Uh, he's talking of Lomachenko. I wouldn't pass up the opportunity even if I get obliterated. It's something I'll remember forever. After four rounds, it was absolutely clear that Dillashaw had lost. In his defense, it wasn't a fair fight. In addition to enjoying the very obvious advantage of it being a boxing match, Lomachenko was in subsur- uh, superb shape. He he fights uh, Jason Sosha uh, in Maryland. D- Dillashaw isn't expected to fight until July, and he was visibly fatigued after the first round. Afterwards, when he asked if he felt he could have landed anything he wanted at any time, Lomachenko confidently responded, yes, I felt that, yeah. He also gave Dillashaw credit, however, particularly for a few shots landed in the opening four minutes. 
About midway through the first round, Dillashaw swung over the top of Lomachenko's head with a left hook that piv- then pivoted to his left and connected a flush straight right to the chin. I don't like – he punched my head a couple times, said Lomachenko, who is from the Ukraine. When we started sparring, I started a little bit relaxed, a little bit not serious. Then he punched a couple times in my head, and I said, okay, let's go. Both Lomachenko and Dillashaw said they want to see Mayweather – First McGregor fight come together as it would be good for both sports. As far for the tact as far as the tactics, McGregor nineteen and three may use to level the playing field against Mayweather forty nine and zero, arguably the greatest boxer of his era. Dillashaw pointed to his size advantage, but not much else. He didn't seem to think an MMA fighter could trick his way into being competitive in boxing. If you're only using your hands, the distance is a lot closer and the pressure is a lot different. Dillashaw said, "I can keep someone off." with a takedown because they're stalking me or use kicks to keep them at a better distance. In boxing, you don't have to worry about those things, so it's a different pace. Connor would use his size. He's a lot bigger than Mayweather. If he can keep his distance and land that straight big left shot or big straight left, that's his only real shot. Other than that, Floyd's defense is too good in his distance. He'll use is so different than what Connor is used to. Lomachico's take on the fight was quite direct. When asked if McGregor could win just once if he fought Mayweather a thousand times, Lomachenko responded, I think no. I think Mayweather wins every day, every time. So stealing a little bit of Mayweather's thunder here. Yeah. Because he's got to sell it if this fight does happen as it's going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Here you have Lomachenko who is um, absolutely a stud at boxing. And then you got somebody that's at the top of the game in MMA. And not not close in sparring. Now, granted, sparring is nothing like a real fight, right? And they are also saying Lomachenko was in like, fighting shape. In fighting shape, Dillashaw was not. Right. Uh, but I think it was also kind of uh, an interesting and maybe kind of a, um, a foreshadowing for McGregor Mayweather is that um, Dillashaw actually connected and actually hit uh, Lomachenko a couple times in the opening rounds. And I think if McGregor's going to have any chance of beating Floyd Mayweather, that's what's going to happen is right off the bat when Mayweather isn't expecting it, he's kind of relaxed. He's not really thinking much is going to happen. McGregor's going to close in and he's going to tee off on him a couple times and, you know, puncher's chance. He might actually take him down. Yeah, and uh, so whoever thought of this <laughs> is brilliant, by the way, and got these guys in the gym and made it happen. Right. Um, but just another little wrinkle in, you know, here here you have a boxer, and that's typically what we think would happen. A boxer would just be so right. good at their yep. sport um, that it, it wouldn't happen. So we thought it was newsworthy, but it's 8 o'clock, and yep. Jimmy's got his What's on Tap segment. All right. Uh, this is going to be really short, so <laughs> don't go anywhere really fast. Uh, it's not, the thing's not up. All right, let's try it again. There we go. All right. Uh, this is What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, not a whole lot going on, uh, tonight, uh, in Nice, California, or Brad wanted me to say Sacramento. Sacramento. California, PBC on Fox Sports 1, uh, uh, Leduan Bartholomew versus Ronaldo Blanco, 10 rounds for the junior lightweights. On April 1st in, La- in Las Vegas on ESPN2, we have Antonio Orozco versus Canandre Gibson, 10 rounds for the junior welterweights. And moving on. 
on to MMA, March 31st, Bellator 175, Rampage Jackson versus King Mo 2 uh, in Illinois, uh, the Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, in the United States. And that's What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. All right. So also joining us today, we have Ring Girl Destiny. How are you? I'm good. How are you, you guys say it the right there? way. Destiny. Destiny. Yeah. Destiny. You're my, you, Destiny. You're my density. I mean, Destiny. Destiny. I've heard that a time or two. Back to the future? Yeah. Well, yeah. my science teacher, so same thing. You're my density. <laughs> Wait, I mean, your science teacher said that yes. to you? Creepy. He was gay, though. Oh, was he? Oh. Yes. <laughs> or maybe he was pretending to be. Oh, yeah, maybe. Something. Say the creepy stuff. So he had good stuff. taste in movies. That's all. Yeah, yeah. he did. And mm. clothes. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Did he teach anything science related? Yeah, a lot of stuff about anatomy. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Anatomy. Uh huh. Anatomy, <laughs> biology. Yeah. Sounds like it. The pistol. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's nice. only one stamen, and that's Corey. What'd you get in science? Cody. Usually about a C. About a C? Yeah. Then he must have been gay, yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That's really funny. I like it took a minute to click, but after I got it, I was like, oh wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, phone's still on. Four, Four years. years. Four years. Four years, Brad. Four well, years. You would think that they would know by now not to call on Tuesdays between seven and nine. Yeah, you you would you would you would think. think always the same. You would think so, Jimmy. You got to read our next yeah. story. We're just gonna okay until we have uh, Eric call on this story. All right, and 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 I, I have to preface this this. So when when Brad first handed me this story and I read it, I was like, no way, this is not a real story. Just listen to this ring girl. This is not this awesome. This is not a true story. This is fake news. I know it's on E. This can't be real. <laughs> And then I did some research and found out it really was real. But it's only part of the actual story. Reality show contestants left abandoned in woods after show was canceled. Uh, a reality show set in the wilderness was canceled because of poor ratings, but nobody told the contestants. According to The Guardian, a group of 23 strangers were brought to the remote West Highlands of Scotland to build a self-sufficient community away from technology and modern tools. The show, called Eden, was to document their year-long experience. But only four episodes of Eden, which debuted in July of 2016, were aired before the show was pulled. At the time the show was polled, 10 contestants remained. But according to E! News, no one informed those contestants of the news, that they were left abandoned with the belief that their experiences were being shown on television. Those 10 people spent the year in the woods and continued to film their lives on hand- handheld cameras. The contestants missed important events that occurred during their isolation, including the Brexit, the election of Donald Trump, and the deaths of many celebrities, including British singer George Michael. The show's creator said the footage will air in some form later this year. So when I first read it, I thought it sounded like they just, the crew just said, okay, bye, and just left, and they left them out there. But that's not what happened. Um, the show, which debuted, only aired four times. But they were still, the producers were still having them continue, but didn't tell them the show had already been canceled, but took all of it because they're hoping to sell it 
at a later date and finish with what had actually already occurred. So they weren't just left abandoned, but they were not informed like, oh, by the way, we're not showing the show. You're still doing all this stuff, but we're not, nobody's seeing what's going on. So yeah, that kind of, that kind of sucks for them. And if they never get it on the, you know, if they never get it, uh, the rest of them yeah, on the air, the they did all that for nothing. nothing. Yeah, nothing. Well, that's my thing is someone has to be there because you said yeah. you're using a camera. Someone's charging all right, that exactly, and, stuff, and that's exactly you know? what it is. There was a crew. There was still they were still taping it. You know, they were doing everything. They just didn't tell them that. Right. By the way, the show's been canceled. Right, and even by that story coming out on E, that might be like their last go at like maybe someone hearing the story. And well, taking, I think like that's a scandal, what. Yeah, you know that that's probably part of. They probably leaked exactly. the the yeah that they didn't know or whatever. But but it even says in the article the producer, um, the show's creator said the footage will air sometime, will air in some form later this year. So you know what, honestly. Uh, if he can't sell it to, uh, uh, I think it's a, a BBC or British television ch- series. Okay. I guarantee you, if he can't sell it to them, he'll Netflix will buy it. People binge watch yes. the shit out of that. Well, they already mentioned on here like that there was a a bunch of like uh, controversy going on inside the camp. Yeah, well, like sexual jealousy and. Yeah. And stuff like that too. I yeah. think they should have really left though, and then came back. It'd be like all Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> but the see, you could, but, but like she said, you couldn't. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like she said, you couldn't because if they were living completely off the grid and building a yeah. self-sustainable, they wouldn't have had electricity to charge their handheld cameras. They would have had to have somebody on the outside somewhere, somewhere to charge the cameras and take the tape and download it and Make all that it kind of stuff. Yeah. Them even being right. There, you know? The only thing that you could have done is do kind of like a Truman type show where, well, you know what I'm saying? But like you put them in an area where they don't know that they're in an area where there's cameras everywhere. They don't know that Truman there's cameras. Truman Show doesn't get enough credit for kickstarting a lot of reality TV because that came out way before reality TV. Truman mm, Show. Oh, yeah, see. it did. Oh, oh it did. Yeah. Look, and Ed TV did too, which is yeah. the same movie at the same time, yeah, same concept. Much. And then all of a sudden, uh, goodbye, good programming. <laughs> Can you imagine coming back though, like like six months later, a year later, and then like you know Destiny or Rochelle? You know, I got the conch. You're gonna listen to me, like a whole new society, uh, flags, everything. Lord of the Flyish. Uh, Someone pushing people is, off cliffs. Yeah, what's? I'm gonna um, say there's gonna be some mental illness that resulted from this. <laughs> yeah, you remember Piggy died in yeah. uh, Lord of the Flies, and then they. The uh, most disturbing part of the end of the you know, spoiler alert, if you didn't read it in ninth grade, uh, when they come back, the kids are like, "Oh, sorry about this. <laughs> we were murdering people and tribes." And what was the outcasts. What was the name of the MTV show where they all lived in the house? Real, oh, real world. world, real world. Real world. That came okay. way after. No, actually, it came way before. No way. Uh, real world debuted in. Uh, hold on. In 1992, okay. Truman Show and Ed TV didn't come out until 1998. Okay, you're oh, right. Wow. Yeah, you're right. So Road Rules, um, uh, Real World, all that stuff. Like what that was that stupid before. dating one where you had to ride a bus? Next, 
Is Next. Yeah. Yes. yes. I guess. Yes. I'm so good at Bob Gozer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What was the purpose of riding on a bus again? Because you had three dates. It was speed dating oh, yeah. on yeah. a bus, yep. basically. And you what? got to spend like, what, a couple hours or something? Oh, you remember Blind Date? Remember they next you. With yeah. like the little emojis that would come up during the date, Blind yeah. Date? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. It would yes. like, make fun of the people. Yes. They were the, the little pop up. <laughs> Those were pop up video. They would always pick oh, them up and the camera. Yeah. Would be, yeah. 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 Somebody, uh, or, like Matt's going to say something awkward in three, two, one. So your grandma's dead, right? <laughs> exactly. Your grandma was pretty hot back there. Yeah. Was that your grandma when I picked you up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Blind date. Yeah. Blind date. They should yeah. bring that show back. I think they should bring back, you know, like could we did it with me, the dating game. They should bring that back. Uh, Love connection back in two and two. Cheaters, cheaters. Yes. Oh, Can you imagine? I, I, no, actually, they. You know why they had to stop cheaters? Yeah, because people were getting stabbed. People were getting stabbed and beaten. Yeah, I, I remember the guy getting stabbed in the <laughs> yeah. boat. The yeah. Host, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. better host of the two. Yeah, yeah. God, but can you imagine being the host of that? The adrenaline rush had to be cool. I, but but because they grab them in a van, you're and literally like, putting your life, <laughs> you know, putting your life on the line to do that, Jimmy. I think Jimmy. if they had, I had put my ex husband on there, he would have shit his pants. Oh my god, it would have been awesome. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Yeah, Rochelle, do you want to know where he is right now? I do. <laughs> All right, hop in the van. We know where he's at. We right? have a, they always said we have a private detective. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'd hop yeah. on the phone. They'd be like, yeah. we're on our way. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden you're running through a taco restaurant and you're like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And they're capturing the whole fight. Yeah. And everybody's pointing the parking lot. Hey, it's blind date. I actually. Oh, it's cheaters. I actually. <laughs> I actually remember one. <laughs> Where the guy, it was a guy and he was checking on the girl and, uh, they were, I think they were living like a second story apartment and they busted in like the door and the guy that she was cheating on the boyfriend with grabbed the like the sheet and jumped out the window. <laughs> and it was like all of them after about like three seconds. Oh. And I'm like, I really want to know if the guy hurt himself or not, but they never showed anything. They were just like, shit, <laughs> jumped out the window. You remember uh, cheaters, cheaters always told the story up to that point. Too. Yeah. They would tell you the week before. Yeah. They'd be like, uh, oh, yeah, hey, baby, they hey, follow baby. him for like well, a Well, no, while? yeah. They, yeah. they always wiretapped. Yeah. Are you going to come over tonight? Uh, I think I'm just staying over at my house. And then they would have the infrared green. Yeah. Showing him leave his house. Yeah. And they would collect the evidence. Yeah. And then they would have it in a manila folder. Yep. Are you ready, Rochelle? <laughs> Here it is. We know where he is. Yeah. He's at a taco restaurant with her right now. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, exactly. The best was when the person, when they confronted, thought they were, that's the cheater. And then the other girl's like, no, you're the cheater. Yeah. And he's like. Sorry, dude. You guys are both number one. No, and that's what I never understood is when, like, you know, like a guy was cheating on his girlfriend, whatever, and the two girls would go at it. It's like, no, you attack him. Tag tag her. Get her in. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we were talking the other day, Thursday mornings, it is uh, War of the Roses. Yes. Okay, how long have they been doing that? What, 10, 15 years? Idiots still find out about that and fall for that. Every time. That's on 95.5 locally in Detroit. Yeah. 1-800-something. Yeah, I know. Something Flowers something, or something. Yeah. Boom. You know that, right? No. Okay, so if you oh suspect your God. boyfriend's cheating, Uh-oh. you go on this show, 
And they call and they say, hey, we randomly selected you for to win a dozen roses. They ask you who you would like to deliver it to. They give a name. And if it is the name of the person that's called, everything's good. They're not cheating kind of. But if it's a name they don't recognize, then that sometimes. They still kind of go along with it. They're like, okay, so. Um, what do you want to write in the card? What do you want to write in the card? And, you know, obviously the, the real girlfriend is on is the listening. other line listening. Yep. Oh, my God. Shit about to get real. Yeah. Every Thursday morning. Do they um, actually give the flowers? No. <laughs> no, I know. You know. I think maybe if you stay, they give a gift certificate or something. Like if if, if, it's, if, if you're right, not cheating, right? Destiny, we wanted you to know your boyfriend was thinking you were cheating. Uh, you want to get on the line and you weren't cheating, and then everybody's happy. Then that's good. They right. probably give you something. Okay. But still, you but a lot of times it ends up with a hangout. There was Either one. Way, there's gonna be yeah problems at home. Like, yeah. Okay, so you, you, you had me on the radio because you thought I was cheating. cheating. Yeah. Yeah. But the the one that I and this was a long time ago, but I remember hearing it. Um, they did the the War of the Roses thing, and the girl was on the other line, and um, uh, he and so he um, uh, they're like you know blah blah, blah and you know you want a free thing or whatever you want to send the roses to. And he gave a name who wasn't the name of, of the girl. And everybody's like, ooh, you know, you could tell. I was like, ooh, you know, here's another one or whatever. And they're like, okay, what would you like to write on the card? And he's like, um, um, I really enjoyed uh, meeting you last night, um, blah, blah, blah. I really hope we can do it again soon. I love you. And then, and then she, he's like, okay, you know, do you recognize the name? She's like, I don't know. I don't recognize the name. So they get on the air, whatever. Well, it turns out that he's a, he was adopted and uh, the woman was his real mom ooh. and that he had met her that night. And that's what the girl thought because he was being kind of like underhanded oh. because he was looking for his birth mom, but he didn't want anybody to know that he was looking for her. Oh yeah. Damn, that got, damn that don't got, I feel shitty. Well, and that's exactly what it was is the girl just felt like absolute horse shit if he, and he and then he actually says like i can't believe you would think that i was cheating on you you know and the, it's like and on the hose are just like oh man we feel so low well the one this past week it was so she thought he she had found out that he had had dinner with he traveled for work right he had a, had dinner with a woman in colorado or something <sighs> and then she knew the name of that person because she had seen a picture or something on Facebook. Instagram. Something. <laughs> and the, so then he ends up sending the flowers to a totally different person who she didn't know. Oh. And it's like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. And that always ends with a hang up. And yeah. then yeah. like, you know, he's texting me right now trying to explain. You know what I was thinking <laughs> I though really quick? I explain that- myself. If that scenario, Jimmy, you gave, what if he was just like a really good talking lawyer and he'd be like, that was my mom. I was adopted. And then he goes back to the other girl. He goes, this is going to get weird, but you got to play my mom for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) If you really like me and you think this is going somewhere, you're my mom. (laughs) But she looks your age. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) She had me when she was really young. Exactly. Everything's okay, though. Don't worry about it. Yeah. We're going to call Eric Hall right now professional boxer he's been boxing for a long time from pontiac michigan always nice to me when i see him but did he box at the silver dome well hold on we're gonna get to those i already got this planned out pre-production hello 
Hey, Eric, this is Brad. You're live on the undercard. How are you? How are you doing, Brad? I'm Superman. We are joined by Eric Hall. He's been boxing for, I was looking at, since 17 years, buddy. You've been boxing for yeah. 17 years. Then, well, yeah, as a, as a pro. Yeah, and then, really quickly, I'm looking at your career, and I'm looking at the venues you've played. I mean, you've played Kobo. From Kobo, you go play a banquet hall. Then you're out in somebody's farm. You played a Hooters restaurant. You had two breaks in your career. You're like the Bon Jovi career here, dude. You're like all over the place. Right. Like you're playing arenas one second and then like a state fair like Bon Jovi, man. You're you're all over. Love it. Well, I, you know, I think I, I finally figured things out, though. I mean, this would be my third uh, casino fight in my last five. So uh, I'm getting something going anyways, playing the nicer places anyways. Exactly. I was actually at the James Gray fight at the farm. The 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 the, <laughs> the, the, the pavilion. The that desi- was uh, that was one fight I got. I'm gonna, you know, I was not ready for. I uh, no reason I, you know, I should have won that fight, but uh, that was a fight that I went to unprepared. Well, let's let's talk let's talk a little bit about your career because, like I said, you're one of the nicest guys that I've met. Your wife is super nice. That one time I she appreciate cooked- that and. She- so uh, she does too. So thank you, appreciate that. Uh, you guys offered me your birthday cake when she cooked you a birthday cake. I thought that was a, one of the nicest things ever done to the media. I thought that was really really cool. Um, but uh, you've had a couple breaks during your pro career. What what happened during each break where you took a couple years off? Um, you know what was going on in life and and what made you come back to boxing? Really, uh, the breaks was uh, I was in the Michigan Army National Guard. So. Uh, that, you know, cool. that that requires a lot of time. So between, you know, working full time, then you got your guard. So trying to stay training all the time in the at the level you need to do to uh, compete at a pro level is uh, difficult, you know. And then uh, me and my wife struggled, you know, with infertility issues and whatnot, never able to have kids, you know. So that was another big, uh, you know, obstacle in life. But I've overcame it and uh, I'm going to keep doing as long as I can go, you know, so. Well, what brought you back to boxing? Is it a love of boxing, the sport, or the competitive side of it? What um, It's one thing to quit, but there's got to be something that brings you back. Well, you know, I work in the shop, so boxing, I'm there's no one else around right around my area that does it anymore, you know. So, and I and I love to fight. I can draw a crowd no matter where I go, three hours away, whatever they drive. It doesn't matter. I mean, I'm gonna have probably. Hopefully a dozen people out to uh, Pennsylvania coming up. So uh, it's just I lo- I love it. It's it's enter- it's sports entertainment. I gave up on the win loss thing a long time ago. The whole political uh, side of the sport, as far as fighting somewhere in their hometown and being on the, coming up on the short end of it, you know, you know, you know, you you did what you needed to do to win. You know, it's uh, so I do it now, and I I want to go out there. I want people at the end of the night come up, win, lose, or draw. That was a hell of a fight. Thank you. That was, you know, I want people to remember remember me for that and talk about that. So that's what keeps you going. Yeah, because uh, you know, once you, like you said, you're, you're nine and ten right now in one draw. Um, yeah. Clearly, one you're not time. right. You're not you're not worried about the record anymore. You're able to relax, and that's when boxing, to be honest. The, the real fights happen because everybody tries to protect the record so much. You, you've reached a point oh, where absolutely it's ridiculous. It's, it's really, it's, uh, I don't know. You know, I'm 35. I, at this point, I, you know, I haven't made nothing. 
I'm trying to be careful, but at, at the same time, if I can fight at a high level, I want to, you know, that's, I've been told before, don't take any tough fights in Michigan. Don't lose any fights in Michigan. It's like, uh, uh, all my losses are in Michigan. I said, people are going to come watch me fight because they want to see me fight. Not because if I win or lose, as long as I put on an entertaining fight, they're going to keep coming. Those are true fans. Not because you have a zero on the right side of your record. That means nothing to me. You know, I'd rather see guys like Emmanuel Augustus and guys like that with, you know, subpar records that put on amazing shows and somebody just uh, go out there and hit, hit a guy and that just decides to fall over and get a paycheck. Exactly. No, I think we're on the same page there and stuff like that. You're doing it for the right reason, the love of it and stuff. How How's your wife handle you fighting and stuff like that we just had uh winford harrison here and in i know moms can't watch it like you know moms are like yeah i can't watch my my baby fighting how is it from a wife perspective as you're fighting i mean is she able to watch is she nervous for you oh yeah you've been at the show she's always ringside no matter what and she's she said to me before i wish you were in a less violent sport you know and i i can uh, you know understand and appreciate that but at the same time, when we got together, I said, this is what I do. I'm not going to be done until I'm done. And uh, she has my back a thousand percent. It's great because, like I said, she is, she's been working out with me, actually, just when I'm working out at home or whatever, just to, just to be there to keep me going. And uh, she handles a lot of the extra BS that comes with any of the, you know, handling the business on the fight, you know, the at, afterwards or whatnot when I'm, in the sitting in the dressing room, she go, she'll go take care of whatever I need taken care of. But she's always ringside, always. And that's one thing I know, you know, that can count. So it's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about this fight you have in Pennsylvania. Um, it's happening in April. I, I forget the date off the top of my head. I, I know that it's coming up pretty soon. April 22nd. I'm excited. Uh, it was actually quite easy match to make. I, somebody I, I'm friends on Facebook with, uh, Matt McGovern, with uh, World Fighting Championship, and this is World Fighting Championship 69 in uh, Washington, Pennsylvania. And uh, I'm extremely excited because this is, I, I feel like I'm finally getting that, that step up to the next level, you know, being my first eight-rounder. And uh, and the guy's got a good record. He uh, He's fought a couple guys I'm familiar with, and you are too, uh, uh, Larry Ventus and uh, Greg Coverson Jr. He had draws with both of them, you know. So it, he's a, I've seen some video on him. He's a he's a good, you know, solid tough fighter. Eleven wins, two losses, four draws. Um, he's a very active fighter. So it's it's going to be a kind of like a fight with uh like I had with Cantu, where I'm going to uh, be moving and taking my shots. And but I'm training hard. Like I said, this is I'm, I feel like I'm finally getting to that next level anyway. So. Now, is my he... goal, you know, eventually I would like to have a 10-rounder. So, you know, before I'm done, I'd like, like I said, I'm going to keep going as long as I can go, as long as I feel like my body can handle it. Now, is he a hometown guy that you're fighting in Pennsylvania? Uh, well, he's Pitts from Pittsburgh. So, yeah, it's, it's a, you know. So you got to play the spoiler. Off. You got to go in there trying to. Oh, absolutely. It's just like going down to Detroit, though, you know. I go down there, you know, I got to try to knock him out or do my best. And it's going to be tough. I know that. Now, it's going to be a tough fight. But it is an eight-rounder, so, you know, you know, it, it's kind of weird because you know you almost need the knockout to win, 
But you could right. maybe win by decision if you got judges that are fair and everything like that. I mean, how how do you stop yourself from thinking or or pushing the knockout too much or or, or getting off your game? Uh, well, would you feel? Would I guess the question really quickly is: Would you feel happier just fighting, knowing that you did good, if you don't get a decision, or or not fighting your game to try to win? You know what? My best fight as a pro, I lost the decisions. Put it that way. That and that is my absolute. I fought my. That was an absolute great fight when I fought George Sanchez for six rounds. That was a bloody fight. I won that fight. I know I won that fight. His hometown knew I won that fight. I didn't get this decision, but that's fine with me. You know, so as long as I go out there and I and I train like I need to train and I'm in the condition I need to be in, and I can go full eight rounds or who knows, I think I'm gonna be strong enough because actually this is at 135, so I haven't weighed that since uh, my turn pro. So I, you know, I finally got my learn how to eat right, train better, and uh, two of my last four fights I weighed 138 and I made it. So it's like, why not go to 35? So that's what this fight is. So I, I should be extremely strong. Now, after you I'm do, I'm hitting harder now in this at this point in my career than I've ever hit. You know, I've had knockdowns in uh, other other than the Cantu fight. You know, three straight fights. So well, that's awesome. And man. that includes the lead of guy that I dropped. You know, that I lost. Right, right. Uh, that uh, Giorgio guy. I George, can't pronounce yeah, his last yeah, name. Yeah, Dallas, yeah. Right. Well, so when you do hang them up, though, and decide your body won't let you go any further, are you going to stick around the sport? Or are you going to help train people? Or? Oh, absolutely. I want to have a gym. That is my – I talk about it all the time. I'd like to get one going right now. I want to have a gym. I want to have fighters. You know, and like, you hear it all the time about, oh, I, know, I, I I was a fighter. I know how to treat fighters. Well, I you know, I, I really do. I've, I've done it the hard way. You know, I train myself for years now at home for the most part. I've been going over to the Flint Town Fight Club for a while now. They got Tim Kimball, Rick Kimball. Uh, you remember Tim Little? He fought James Tony. He's over there. They got uh, a lot of good coaches. But uh, you know, it's just uh, I, yeah, I'd love to have some fighters. I'd love to promote. I'm tr- I'm trying to figure out how to do that now. I, you know, I you know, like, but it's everything's the hard way. You know, working through it in a shop and working full time and trying to fight, trying to train at the level you need to train at to because uh, you can't you know you can't play boxing so. Right, exactly. You're going to get eventually exposed. Well, we want to thank you so much, and I can't encourage everybody that listens to the undercard enough. If you see Eric Hall on uh, on a card, he's going to give you his best effort. He's going to come out, and he's going to be fighting. His, his mind's in the right place. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, a lot of times we have prospects coming up. It's kind of neat to hear it from somebody that's been in it since 2000, took a couple breaks, came back. Uh, so I want to thank you so much for your quick interview. Um is you seem like the type of guy that wouldn't have a fan page or just a down home guy, but how can people follow your career? Do you have a fan page? You could prove me wrong right now and say you have a fan page. Uh, I, I mean, no, I'm just on Facebook, you know. I mean, <laughs> nothing uh, other than that. I, that's where all my fans are, you know, all my friends and family. That's I like I said, I can draw a crowd anywhere. So you know, I got a lot of people have followed me from my amateur career, over a hundred something amateur fights, you know, up until my this will be my 22nd pro fight. So, and some of the same people have been there from the beginning. So, but, uh, yeah, just on Facebook, Eric Hall, uh, it's, uh, at Facebook slash Eric Hall, Eric got Hall dot five Oh seven. So, all right. 
You take care, Eric. We're going to be uh, thinking, uh, you know, and uh, I think you got the win here. Uh, I like oh, I like I you playing the spoiler. Um, so come back and let us know wh- how everything went. And uh, anytime you see me at a show, definitely stop by, man. You're awesome. Oh, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And I hope to be, uh, after this, be back in action down in Detroit sometime. There's a few guys like uh, James Lester, Larry Venice, uh, Pete Cantu again. That You know, who knows? But uh, definitely want to get back down there. And it's good talking to you, Brad. I appreciate it. It's a cool experience for me. So thank you. All right. That's Eric Hall. Take care, buddy. My wife says hi. <laughs> All right. Take care. Tell her I said hi. All right. Thanks. Will do. All right. That's Eric Hall. Um, I mean, the definition of a, a journeyman in, in the sport. Uh, 500 record play, uh, has fought a lot of time, but occasionally you run into somebody that uh, they bring their A effort every time. Mm-hmm. That's how he earned him s- his spot on the show, dude. It's it, it, you know, every time I've seen him, he's ready to fight. Um, so I think that's really cool. I was waiting for you to get into some military talk. With I was guy. trying to, but every time I started to go towards the just, mic, you jumped into just just <laughs> take the mic and go, huh? huh? Yeah, I tell Ra- him all the time. Raise your hand. <laughs> That's fine. Well, I I tried to throw in, but he didn't hear question. me when when he said guardsman. I went, huh? I want. I was hoping he'd hear that, but he didn't. For the it's, non-military people, what's that? Uh, okay, so hua. No, that's marine. No, it's ura is marines. Right. Hua is army. Okay. Um, and ba- the way <laughs> the way that it's spelled out phonetically, and if you find it on T-shirts, it'll say like, um. H O O dash A H or whatever hua right, but actually what it is is H U A, and it's something that was started in Vietnam, which stands for heard, understood, acknowledged. But now instead of uh, so basically what will end up happening is you'll have like, you know, uh, first sergeant or some you know high operators like okay everybody this is what we're gonna do today and blah blah everybody understand huh, and that's just. The response, you know, it's just a, a a sound that instead of saying yes, sir, or I understand or whatever, it's just huh. So it's just, and it's so funny too, because like you'll go through basic training and when you're in an all guys you know, training thing, it's all guy, you know, huh, you know, whatever. And then you'll go to someplace like medic training or like that, where there's also female soldiers. So you'll hear like, huh, and then also you don't hear uh, like come from. Like, I want to hear Destiny's best. Uh, yeah, no, no, no exactly. I want to hear your real effort. Like, can I go deep with it? Yeah. Okay, what is it? Huh. Huh. Yeah, there you go. It's Destiny, funny. are you ready to do this mission? Huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she, but she it's not, it's not, huh. She lifts her huh. muscles up like this. I do. Yeah. Huh. It's, yeah, it's a, like a, a, you push it out. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So, but it's, it's funny. It's just a, it's a joke among, among like vets or whatever, just like, huh? Because <laughs> yeah. it's so stupid, you know? Right. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want, I actually, I wanted, all I wanted to ask him was, what was your MOS? That's all I wanted to ask him, which is your, what job did you do in the military? Ah. So like, I was a medic, I was a 68 whiskey, truck drivers yeah. are like 91. That would just Charlie be MOS I'd put? MOS. Yeah. What I'll is your MOS? Right I'll ask him right now for you, Jimmy, okay. because I feel bad. That's all right. Um, I also kind of wanted to know what, uh, um, like when he was in and also what, uh, uh, brigade or battalion that he was a part of or regiment, I should say. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah. 
Okay, Jimmy wants to know what your MOS you said? MOS. MOS. MOS was yeah. good radio here. Yep. <laughs> but he's gonna answer pretty soon. Oh well, you know what? I decided how do you <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you, you, lo- you love you, when you it takes a word you had uh previously wrote in a text to somebody. Right. So apparently at one time I I was talking about uh the the actor rapper Moe's Death or whatever. Because <laughs> so I just yeah. ran it. So I was like, who he wants to know who Moe's Death was. <laughs> oh no. We know that. And I guess it was Eric Hall's birthday, so happy birthday. Oh. If Facebook birthday. doesn't tell me, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's true though. I don't I can't follow everybody's <laughs> I just went to his page just to kind of Hey, that's his fan page too. Yeah, I know. But he, he has the he has probably one of the greatest uh things up there, which is a picture of Christopher Walken dresses like you know, an old like war general like Napoleon like Bonaparte or whatever, and it said no hardworking American should be forced to live without more cowbell. Christopher Walken for president. That is true. That is true. Very <clears throat> nice. Destiny, military guy fan. She looks. Over she looks at, at me. She's like, she's like yeah. they don't all look like Jimmy. Yeah, I like those those little army man dolls. You mean like the GI Joe? GI Joe. Yes. Okay. He's a classic. I meant like, do you find military men hot? Uh, men in no. uniform. I think like probably my favorite man in uniform would have to be if it's like one of the big, you know, whatever they do, probably firefighting. Okay. I don't know why. That's every Cops, sorry, eh. Say what? Because the firemen, they can get all sweaty and dirty and, and they, they gotta, slide down poles. They got to carry you from a burning house, <laughs> right? Exactly. Cops, you associate yeah. with what? a ticket the rest of your exactly. life. Right. Exactly. I don't want what do you that. Think, what do you think military guys do? We do all of that shit. <laughs> Right. Maybe I should open my horizons more. <laughs> You're just anti-camouflage. Yeah, the camo to me. I like people that stand out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Have you seen the ACUs? There ain't nothing that blends into that except for a couch. <laughs> I kid you I not. I have seen it, no. Oh, I'll show you a picture of it. It's actually really funny. She says, I'd like someone to stand out. I was trying to think of the name of the school on the Arrested Development show where neither seen nor heard oh. the children's school. <laughs> This is something like feeling. Oh, by the, well, by the way, this is completely off topic, but uh, have you seen Zoolander 2? Yeah, I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was all that great, but the, no. my but the the thing that cracks me up is when they built the school for the children who want to learn how to read and do good stuff too, and it was made out of like popsicle sticks or something. That just cracked me up for some reason. All right, let let, let me get, give you an idea of how well this conversation between me and Eric Hall. Okay. Is going. I asked him uh, who Moe's death was, and then I, I corrected it, and I said MOS was. Happy birthday. He says, I was a 31 Charlie radio operator okay. in Iraq. Hold on. Okay. Um, laugh out loud. Not my birthday. Sorry. Damn phone. <laughs> I'll take it as an early one. So he had something correct and do birthday. Oh, geez. Meanwhile, I'm asking him, who's, who's Moe's death? Right. <laughs> uh, he was a 31 Charlie radio okay. operator. So what's Charlie 31 Charlie mean? Just a it, That's just that. So every job has a um, 
has a, a number and a, a designation. So like combat medic with 68 whiskey. Uh, so 68W would be the identifier. That means that you're a combat medic. So on all your paperwork, when it says, you know, in the military under, uh, MOS, it would say 68 whiskey. So radio operators, 31 Charlie, infantrymen is 11 Bravo, or we call it 11 bang bangs. Um, you know, different ones have uh, different jobs, have different identifiers. And then there's uh, identifiers beyond that. So, like, um, I was a uh, 68 Whiskey um, 10, which is a combat medic trauma specialist. And that's like there's like more thing. And it's the freaking military. They make it as complicated as they possibly can, because the the other thing is, too, is they always change. So like right before I joined, combat medics were 91 Yankees, but then they changed it to 68 whiskey. Whiskey sounds better. Yeah, exactly. Like, thank you. Yeah, exactly. But hey, with what I said, I still appreciate and respect it. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want to sound very uh-huh, yeah, whatever. unappreciative. No, about okay, uh huh, yeah, <laughs> I got it. I got it. No, sorry. Took one look at me, went, no, nah, I'm not interested in military <laughs> yeah, guys. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. Eh, you know, <laughs> let's call uh, Cortez Todd really quick. He is fighting Friday at the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves in the Novus, 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 Novus. Jeez, and the Novus. Hello. Hey, Cortez. It's uh, Brad on the undercard. How are you today? Hey, fine. Are you? Good. We are joined by Cortez Todd. He is fighting in this week's Metro Detroit Golden Gloves. It's happening at Burt's Warehouse in Eastern Market. You're going on Friday at 7, uh, 7 p.m. Yeah, I actually fight uh, every day, Friday, 7 p.m. That's, that's awesome. Are you excited? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I really, I haven't fought in a row since um, September at First Warehouse. They had a Detroit versus Ireland show. That was my last fight. I have your trophy. I'm not shitting you. You handed me no, your trophy true. after you lost. You came we have second place, and you're like, uh-uh. Yep, you were with your girl. You were upset, and you yeah, gave me yeah. your trophy. I still have it for you. You did not want the second place trophy. <laughs> I was heated, man. I was real heated. I'm just letting you know, if you ever want it, I have it. All right, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that until you mentioned that. I was like, holy shit, I have his trophy. <laughs> you handed it to me as we left, as you left. Yeah. You were like, I, too. I didn't know you could be. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, he might want it back one day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or when you become a big star, I'm putting it on eBay, and then you, you're you going to finance my kids' tuition. So one of the two is <laughs> yeah. going to happen. So t- right. tell us about this time around. You've been in the Metro Detroit Golden Gloves for uh, a little bit and stuff. Uh, tell us what you've learned over your amateur career. Um, Actually, um, this would be my third time fighting in the um, Golden Gloves as an open fighter. I already won two times in a row. So I'm looking to get this third time so I can win again and uh, compete over at a different state. But um, I, I learned a lot, though. I learned a lot by competing out of different uh, in a different state that, you know, you got to work and you got to throw a lot of punches because there's a lot of people coming in from other states where they is working hard. Like, it's, I know Hawaii guys, you know, uh, they've been training, like, hard over there, you know. 
some guys are training in the heat. So it's just all about your work ethic, really. Now, for people that haven't seen amateur boxing, and we do have a lot of people that listen to the show that are huge fans of pro boxing but haven't been to amateur boxing, tell tell us why they should uh, sell, sell amateur boxing to them. Why are you exciting and why should they buy a ticket and come? Uh, they should buy a ticket and come because some amateur fights is more, well, a lot amateur fights are more interesting than the uh, pros because Pros like to sit back and wait on their shots, and you know it's a lot of amateurs that just like to come in and throw in a lot of shots. You know, you got to because it um, normally they go to decision. You got to be active. Yeah, you have you have to be active. So um, to me, amateurs amateurs work way way um, harder than pros. Well, not like as far as training, but you know, like as far as the first three rounds, you know, that that we we throw a lot of punches. So. The, the fight is it's going to be real good. You know, they got all open fighters fighting Friday. So Friday is the, is the day to come. Yeah, I, I agree. And if you're fighting every day after that, the Sunday, well, Saturday's fun too with the little ones. So, uh, like, every every day, yeah. come. Come out and support yeah, all week, you know, and, and have fun. Now, yeah. uh, have, you, have you talked about maybe going pro or do you have an idea? Uh, tell us your age, um, your background. Um, I have an idea of going pro, but I mean, my last two years fighting the National Golden Gloves, uh, my first year I made it, I was 17, I won a uh, bronze medal, and um, last year I did pretty good, but this year I'm trying to um, get a belt, so if I get that belt, then I, you know, when I get the belt, I'll, I'll go pro for sure. See, you're not like Marcus Carter who left me out hanging, dude. I, I told Marcus, don't turn pro. And then he lied to me. It's me. And then he turned no, pro. At least you're coming out yeah. and saying, you know what, if I win, I'm turning pro. So I like yeah. that. Well, Cortez, uh, tell everybody where we can find you on social media so they can follow your career. You got an Instagram, Facebook. Um, what um, do you have? You can add my at my Facebook at uh, Cortez Todd C-O-R-T-E-Z-T-O-D-D and um, my Instagram is Tez Hands T-E-Z-H-A-N-D-S You know what? I, you gotta get me a shirt and there's a one shirt I want and Rochelle probably knows the one I'm talking about. My brother's name was Todd and you have a coach named Brad. There's a shirt yeah. on your team that says Brad Todd. I gotta get that shirt and like show my brother that. All right, man. Well, you take care. Uh, rest up for this weekend. I know it's a busy weekend for you, th- fighting three times. And uh, we'll see you this weekend, buddy. Okay, all right. Thank you. And I'll polish that second place trophy because, because if you want it. But I know you're going to win yeah, bigger yeah, stuff yeah. this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I might. I might take it. <laughs> all right. Are you going to Ireland, by the way, or no? Um, no. Okay. All right. Well, you take care. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, you too. All right, that is Cortez Todd. You can catch him. Last plug, Metro Detroit Golden Gloves, Burt's Warehouse this weekend, Eastern Michigan. No. Eastern Market. Eastern Market, see? (laughs) Eastern Market, Friday, 7 p.m. I I didn't even have us in the right county. I had us in Washington. (laughs) Uh, Eastern Market, Friday, 7 p.m. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, 1 p.m. And I know Ring Girl Destiny is going to be there Sunday. Jimmy, you going to come down? I, I'm working at Concordia. Oh, okay. Aww. Yeah. Man, I have my other job. I forgot I had Cortez's trophy until he got on. <laughs> yeah.
I'm just gonna keep it in my bag. I'll be like, polish it every once in a while. I'll be like, <laughs> where is it? It's gotta be somewhere in the house. Oh, don't ask me now. Oh man, it's gotta be somewhere. Anyway, I got I gotta, so, you know, surfing the net, uh, during the show or whatever, come across a couple things. And I, I gotta read this as like one of the last things that we do so that everybody can go home and have nightmares for the rest of the night. Nightmares last night. I don't want another one tonight. (laughs) So good news. There are billions of spiders and they could eat us all in one year. Um, Great news, everybody. Just in case you don't already wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night, dreaming of all the things that can kill you on this planet, here's some more nightmare fuel for you. Scientists now say spiders are literally all around us and could theoretically eat all of us if they really felt like it. Um, uh, so, uh, basically, um, when combined, all the spiders in the world weigh 29 million tons, and scientists estimate that there are billions of these little guys just scurrying around. So uh, there's a good chance that as you read this, there's a nearby spider plotting your demise. At least that's what researchers found in a study published in 2016. They discovered that hundreds of spiders were living in select 50 homes in North Carolina. These spider squatters were everywhere, in the walls, in the floors, and in the furniture. Spiders can eat up to 80 million tons of prey per year. Uh, basically, what it's saying is that uh, humans make up 278 million tons of biomass. And if all the spiders decided to eat all of us, that would still leave about 113 million tons of mass at a minimum that spiders would need to eat to be full. So, yes, there is some nightmare inducing information for you. And with that, uh, we're going to say good night and goodbye to episode 228. But sell next week. Next week, we turn four. And I was going to say, and then make sure you turn in next week. We celebrate our fourth year doing this podcast, internet, radio show, craziness, whatever you want to call it. We don't know what we're going to do with it yet, uh, but we're going to try to do something big. Waiting on some fire marshal approvals. Yeah, exactly. So until then, uh, I'm Brad. Or no, I'm not Brad. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. What? I'm Jimmy. He's Brad. That's Rochelle, Ring Girl Destiny. Oh, and we'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. I just I pulled a brand. I thought you pulled a brand. <laughs>